Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. We are on the third season. It's incredible. Yoga is actually, the meaning is union. So it's a union of the body, mind, and spirit. It is spirituality. It wow. is. This is the lowest place in creation. This is where God wants to be known. Growth is growth, no matter how little it is. Oh, absolutely. All the shit that I thought I was is falling away, and every day it falls away, I feel better about life, and I'm able to beat me. Yoga doesn't want you to really forget about the emotion. They want you to move with the emotion. I've never thought of to do that, and I'm doing it right now, and my mind is kind of blown. Hello, hello. Oh, yes. How's you? How do you sound? How do I sound? I sound wonderful. You always sound wonderful. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelei. I am Lorelei, and today I am in Mannheim Social Club in Brentwood, California, with the beautiful Julie Hello, thank you for such an introduction. <laughs> I think that's probably the number one reason why I came to I mean, I only speak the truth. That is true. I do. I like to have people who think I'm funny and beautiful always around me at all times. All the time. All the time. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Well, you know, you're my favorite frequent guest. Yay. Yes. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about Halloween. Ooh. I know. I've done a Samhain episode. So the Celtic Wheel of the Year is Samhain, when the veil between the living world and the world of the dead is the thinnest. And the only time that happens again in the year is during Beltane or Beltane, which is the summer solstice. So this is the witch's new year is in Samhain, which is close to your birthday. In Scorpio season, yeah. Not yet. But we will be when this airs. Mm-hmm. So, everybody buckle up for Scorpio season because it is intense. Yes. Which, is, that is very indicative of the Scorpio characteristics. It's intense and deep and incredibly wonderful. Thank you. I love Scorpios. I have a couple of Scorpios in my life. You, my sister, my baby sister, mm-hmm. and my baby baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is a, actually, she's a Scorpio And cut. it's funny that you have all women Scorpios. Yes, have you encountered male Scorpios? My husband has a Scorpio moon. Okay. Yeah. So his emotionality is very intense. He's very nihilistic. Yes. <laughs> Doomsday. Doomsday. What's He's, the point? Yes. A lot of like, well, you might die, but that's okay. Yeah. You're I'm like, okay, great, we'll be reborn. Yeah, and it's sweet. <laughs> Hopefully you'll remember this lifetime because you met me in it. So. Yeah. I'm in the next one. And it's going to be great. Yes. It's going to be so great. So anyway, we're going to talk about our really interesting uh, spiritual experiences. And so you guys know, we're in a social club right now having um, a beer. And um, so there's some music in the background. So if you guys hear it, it's all good. Yeah. It's good. It's It's our ambiance. It is our ambiance today. It is our ambiance. And I hope that you enjoy our (laughs) ambiance. It's good. So... 
let's talk about, so you've had a couple. And I the, have had a couple. Yeah, and I, I, you were talking about a Ouija board at one point, which I'd love to touch on again. Yes. Because there's lots of stigma around Ouija boards, and for good reason. We'll talk My about only that. thing with Ouija boards is I am just nervous because you can buy them at Target. Yes. And with TikTok day and age, kids are going to want to think it's cool to use a TikTok, make a TikTok video with a Ouija board. Yeah. And unbeknownst to them, it's not just a fun little game. Yeah. It's a source to connect with other entities and bring them into this world or into the light. So I am only doing it as a PSA that maybe I should write a little to Target and say... There needs to be like twenty one and over for Ouija boards. Yeah, or at least have them blessed or something like something. that. You know, so that way it's not just like because I feel like imagine working at a Ouija board factory where you have to make it all. I wonder what happens there. They probably have no fucking clue. They have no idea. No idea. I would have to on. research this. Yeah, yeah, you do it. Yes. <laughs> Deep dive. Deep dive. To do some Reddit research on who makes Ouija boards and what happens to the people that works for them. Stay tuned. Next episode. I'm pretty sure it's like one of the regular like gaming companies. What what are some of them? Like Sorry and Life and yeah. I don't know the game that connects Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they probably Can you imagine just being the person be like, what do you do? Oh, I work at the gaming company. Oh, what section? Ouija boards. And everyone's like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, God. So are you evil? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, should we talk about that first or do you want to talk about your... Episode? I would like to share mine first. Yes. Share. Share away. So I stayed in what is called the Hotel Majestic in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And it was built in 1902 and it survived uh, the 1906 earthquake. Oh, it's been through many of episodes of Generations, and it's two blocks long. And bef- when I stayed there, probably a couple years pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, um, I didn't have any understanding. I thought it was just an old hotel. Yeah. Uh, like lots of hotels yeah. in San Francisco. There's four stories to it, rickety elevator, go up, um, old, um, is it vintage or is it, there's a word for it, where it's old Victorian. Victorian. All of Victorian way of, um, the poster beds, the canopy tops. Uh Um, I think that with older hotels, they want to preserve it. So they don't do a whole lot of remodeling with it. Uh Bathroom is kind of grungy, but it's like a old historian grungy. Yeah. Um, and everything was fine until we decided to go to bed. Because in San Francisco, we were out. We were going to a concert. We go out to the concert. We come back. We settle in for the night. And the mood changed. Because you're not allowed when you're in a lot of hotels to open the windows. So the Because they're afraid of people jumping. So a lot of the windows are, you can like crack it open, but you can't fully open it. So the airflow in there, it's very... Duffy, uh, because there's not a whole lot. Of, so you have this rinkety-dink um, air conditioner, but the air conditioner doesn't really work that often. Um, so we turn on the air conditioners, me and my friend. It was a one bed, and we were trying to sleep, and we woke up. Like, I think we both fell asleep, and we woke up to people above us. It sounded like they were just running, doing sprints back and forth at the top. Of, like above us. Yeah. 
Um, come to find out, there's only four floors, and we're on the fourth floor, so there's nothing above us. What? It's just the roof, and I highly doubt at, like, midnight or 1 a.m., anybody's up there on the roof. Doing sprints. Doing sprints. But it was to the point where I woke up, my friend woke up, and we were like, do you hear that? Like, it was so eerie because it would stop and it would go, and then it would be, like, stomping, like somebody had heavy shoes on. And then it would feel like there's, like, little kids up there, like, just playing tag or something. And they would just be running across. And when we researched it, there is a ghost story attached to it um, that there was a clerk that was delivering pillows to room 408 and it was adjacent to 407. I, I think we were like in 403 or 404. Oh. It was lower numbers because it was right off the elevator. I remember that much. And when a woman um, walked in, set down pillows, she felt two hands on her shoulders pushing her back, like physically being moved. Oh. Uh, the hotel and many guests claim that the haunting is friendly. It's cheeky and playful. Uh, the hotel Majestic has been surrounded uh, by change over the years, but it kept its original architecture, and the room reflects both the turn-of-the-century design, so Victorian. Right. So a lot of people do notice that if they are in the vicinity of 407, there is a very heavy energy. So we were lower numbered, mm. so we're not. But when you get up there, it just feels like you don't want to be there. Uh, it's kind of like one of those feelings where you just have a sick sense that yeah. something is, something's off. Something is and off. you can't hit like put your finger on it or you talk about it to like somebody who doesn't understand. They're like, you're just crazy. You don't. But you're like, no. Yeah. Like, there's something happening there's something there. there. And I had a friend who ended up staying there after I did, and she was posting on her Instagram stories how there was weird things happening, the water was running on and off, um, she would hear people talking above her, and um, I replied to her story on Instagram, and I said, I've stayed there before too, and I had instances of that happening, but mine were more of the people just running across the top. She goes, oh my god, we heard running too. So I do think that there is some type of entity or spirit that people say it's a friendly spirit, like Casper the ghost. <laughs> but and I do think that there's friendly spirits. Oh yeah, that just are kind of stuck in this realm. So yeah, speak. Yeah. Or like you know, sometimes I feel like you may encounter somebody else's guide. You know, and sometimes that that feels very strange a lot of times it doesn't feel bad it just feels different right you know what i mean like what was that like you get chills or you get that like that yeah, weird the goosebumps. the goosebumps sometimes you get that cobweb type feeling it's very just strange but it doesn't like throw you off for the rest of the day or anything for right. the most part so, I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I love it. <laughs> I'm not a fan of old houses. Yeah. I'm not a fan. There's. I have a friend that lived in a house that's like 100 years old, and I'm like, I don't know how you sleep here. Yeah. Because I think I'm too sensitive to the energies, and I'm like, the eyeballs on the um, pictures are following oh. me, you know? Like, one of the creepy mansion from Disneyland vibes. Like, I'm just like, I'm good. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it when there are portraits, especially in bedrooms. Mm. I'm like, why are you going to put pictures of people's faces 
on the, in a bedroom because oh, watching you sleep. Yes, I, yes. I'm like, unless it's like a landscape or something like that, I am not about to be in a room where a bunch of people are on the wall looking at me while I'm sleeping. Right? Freaks me out. Freaks me out. So. I had a really interesting experience at uh, the Whaley House in San Diego. And that apparently is the most haunted place in California that I'm fairly certain. I mean, I dare say it's one of the most most haunted places. Do you visit or do you stay? You visit. And there is, I think that they do have um, options to go and stay at the Whaley House overnight. But, you you know, you pay a certain amount. Mm -hmm. To stay there, you know, and it's, it is for real. So we, (laughs) I went with my two sisters and, um, we went and they do a whole tour thing of the Whaley house and they start in this big room where you all, there's a bunch of chairs and you sit down and it's almost built up like a theater up there. And so I went in and I sat down and immediately I felt like my throat and my chest were being constricted. And it was awful. I was like, I can't breathe. I thought I was having a panic attack. And I was like, but why? Like, I'm fine. I feel fine. Like, what is happening? And so they start talking about, oh, this is the Whaley House and la, la, la. This used to be the room where um, the the wife of, you know, the main, I can't even remember the name, the, the main guy that was. Mr. Whaley, yeah, yeah. so Mrs. Whaley died in this room, and it was something to do, I can't remember specifically, but it was something to do with her her throat and her lungs, like TB, or she died of influenza, or I can't remember what it was. Either way, I was like, oh my god, like, that's, that's why I'm feeling like that, like, that's fucking nuts, and so then we start touring around, and it's, it's very eerie and you start feeling the fluctuations of energy as you get into the different rooms we get down into the dining area and my little sister is with me and um she i look over to her and she's like oh my god you know what i mean and like she kind of like put her hand like she kind of like put her hand up and i was like are you okay she was like something just touched my hand and so she she told me afterwards she felt like a little kid like held her hand like a squeeze like it came up and held her hand and so they said as we were going through that area that the children would often play in that area (laughs) so I was like oh my god this is freaking bananas but how sweet is it that she is a spirit like a being that a little kid would come up and and hold her hand I don't think it was they were being malicious I think they were being like sweet not at all and most of the time being in those spaces I feel like they aren't super malicious they're actually like very like usually very like non-invasive they just want you to know that they're there yeah. You know, and if you're sensitive to like, I feel like when, when something happens, you know, to a person that energetic is left like an imprint. It's sort of like when somebody is smoking in an area and they leave and you walk into that area, you, you know smell that somebody it. Was somebody, yeah. You know that somebody was smoking in that That's area. True. You smell it and it, it lingers for right? a long time. And it's the same with energy. So like you're in a space and say something, something big happens. Like say, 
you know, your husband calls and he says, I want a divorce. And you, that energy is big. Yeah. You know, or somebody proposes on the other hand. That energy is also really big. Right. So it's it's sort of like leaving that imprint in that space. At that time. At or, that time. Yeah. And so, you know, it's very common for people, other people to encounter that energy, that remnant that's left over. And so it's very interesting walking into these old places, which like you were saying, you're like, I don't like walking into old homes yeah. because you're experiencing a myriad of different energetics right. that are remnants of what was felt in many, many, many years. It's kind of like when I go into an old home, it's like in those movies where you just close your eyes and you just see like the, like this timeline of the house. Yes. Like you just, I, I'm here now in the present, but I feel like there's so many layers to this house that it can be overwhelming for somebody who is very sensitive to energy and to other people. Well, that's just the same as going into like, Somebody like a couple just had a fight and you walk into the room oh, and you're like, that is sick. what's going on? Yeah. And you're like nothing. I'm like, okay. That's, that's bullshit. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This feels awful. I'm going to go ahead and go now. <laughs> Have you Gross. ever met anybody and hissed at them? No. I've met two people in my life. Strangers. Out and about. And my initial reaction to them was, <laughs> Like hiss at them, <laughs> and it's did like, you do it? Yes, <laughs> because that's my vicious. Like it's like I never met. Like I felt something that caused me to hiss at them. Oh my god! And they're like this bitch, but I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. It's just my natural reaction. To You're just, like, no, get like, out, get away from. Like, yeah, I can meet somebody and be like, <sighs> like. <laughs> Get away from me. Or, like, no. put the little X up with your fingers. Like, yeah. Argh. Yeah. No. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't like it. So, I try to tap into, like, whenever I go somewhere to be, like, cognitive of my feelings and my reactions. Yeah. Especially, like, if I'm startled, it'll be, like, like a hiss or, like, a, like, I'm rejecting this. Whatever yes. this is that you're presenting with me. And they're, like, I'm just standing here ordering a beer. And I'm, like, mm-hmm. no. You got something. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. Deep and dark. Yeah. Speaking of which, that is what we want to talk about with the Ouija boards. Yes. People carry that stuff around. When they activate a Ouija board? And they have no idea what they're doing. All I know is that when you use a Ouija board, you have to close it. You have to open it and you have to close it. Yes. A lot of people use it and then just leave it. And I'm like, well, did you go back and close the session? They're like, what does that mean? What does that even mean? Yeah. And that is, that is the reason why, and we were talking about this beforehand, there is a generous amount of responsibility that comes when you use a Ouija board, just like there's a generous responsibility that comes when you drink alcohol. So when you drink, you know that there's the propensity or there's the consequence of you potentially getting drunk and getting behind the wheel of a car. So you know, as somebody who is responsible and an adult, you only drink a certain amount and then you eat and then you drink your water and you wait a certain period of time until you know that you are safe to drive home. I am not saying that you should drink and drive ever. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that as an adult, you know your limits. You're cognitive. You're cognitive of what you start and what you finish. Right? 
But I do feel like if you're not responsible, and it doesn't matter about age because I've seen a lot of people do stupid things because they think that it's a level of respect. Yes. If you respect the alcohol, if you respect the Ouija board, if you respect the plant medicine, anything that you're engaging with, if you respect it, because at the end of the day, it's altering your your sense of being in that moment. Yes. Yep. That's why they call alcohol spirits. Oh. Oh my God. Because it's suppressing your initial, I can't find the word to that right now, but it's suppressing your ego driven. This is who I am. And it's allowing that to simmer down and have your true spirit come out. Oh, and I'm so glad we're drinking beer right now. Yes. <laughs> Because that's why people, when they drink, they get a little looser, they get a little more friendlier, because it's like your inhibitions kind of go to the wind, uh-huh. and that's why alcohol was considered a spirit. Oh, my Because God. it would bring the spirits out in you. Oh, I love that. I love that little nugget. That's good nugget. Good nuggets. Okay, so with the Ouija board, yes. we were talking about this. So if you buy a Ouija board from Target, that's fine. It's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. You can, you just like if you I buy, have learned that giving Ouija boards as gifts is not a good idea. Not, not, not super, because you don't know. No, people are very offended by it. Yeah. Okay. There's a story behind there, and I kind of want to know about it now. <laughs> I'm just saying that I would buy, used to buy Ouija boards as a joke and give it at birthday parties or things like oh, that. Geez. And people would get so offended. And that was before I became really spiritual because oh. I didn't respect it. Uh, and now yeah. looking back, I realized that I was dis not only disrespecting the Ouija board, thinking it was a prank or a joke, but I was also disrespecting the other person's spiritual beliefs, whatever they choose to be. Uh, so yeah. I'm coming into a situation being a jerk, you know, <laughs> and thinking I'm funny, uh-huh. when in reality I'm messing with something that it's I should beyond. is beyond me. Yeah. And it took me a while to realize that. And once I became spiritual and had my spiritual awakening, which you can hear about in previous episodes. Oh, yeah. That it made me realize, oh, like, looking back, that was kind of a dick thing to do. <laughs> dick move. Yeah. Joel. So don't do that. Don't do do not do that. PSA. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, don't don't give Ouija boards to Unless you know the person and they're... But once you yeah. have a Ouija board, isn't there like a, it's kind of like the American flag. Like you have to treat it a certain way, don't yes. you? Like yeah. you can't just throw away a Ouija board. No, no. I actually don't know the appropriate care, but I imagine that it is similar that you would treat the crystals. Okay. And it was similar that you would treat any other thing that is of spiritual tool relation. Okay. So... A Ouija board is essentially a spiritual tool. It is to communicate. The same with tarot cards, the same with pendulums, the same with medium connection and communication. So there is a level of protection that needs to be in place and performed before you actually begin. Like you said, an opening and a closing. So before I do any tarot card reading, before I do any regressions or anything like that. I use Palo Santo and I sage myself and I sage the area that I'm doing this. And if I'm doing a regression, I sage the person. 
Um, if it's like at my fairs or whatever, I usually just sage in, you know, Palo Santo, my, my space. So that way, you know, when they come into that area, it is safe, it is protected, it is divinely blessed. So it is the same with a Ouija board. So you get a Ouija board, and just like when you get your crystals or your tarot cards or your pendulums or whatever, you cleanse it first. And that can be done in a myriad of different ways. You can use your crystals, your Palo Santo, your sage, moonlight, sunlight, all the things. And all the prayers, you invite in Archangel Michael, who cuts all the negative cords and all the negative energies and cleanses things. That's, that is Archangel Michael's purpose, right? Is protection and work. So that is that is the first thing. And then when you perform the the communication, it is has to have a very clear and concise and positive intent. There is to be no communication with anything other than what is of our most highest purpose. So that needs to be understood before you begin, just like with tarot reads and all the things. Yes, it needs to be understood that the highest purpose of in, in vibration, in, in intention, in everything, it is high in purpose and not low in purpose. So that way, what comes into the space and what is communicating is that of your highest good and that it doesn't mess or attach itself to you. You know what I mean? Because right. that's what people, they, they're just like, ooh, let's talk to, let's talk to ghosts and spirits. Ooh, let's talk to, and it's like, you don't, you, you don't, don't want to do that. Through that. You don't, you don't know what's, yeah, exactly. And it, it can attach itself to you and really muck up everything. Everything. So, it is important to know those things before you go into it. Because I don't feel like Ouija boards are bad. They have a tremendous amount of stigma attached to it, just like witches and just like tarot cards and everything else in the spiritual community that is meant for good, but people have bastardized it into something that is inherently negative because they don't know what they're doing. And so if you know what you're doing and you're going into it with positive intent, to communicate in a positive way, to move forward and ascend towards your purpose, then you're going to receive really good communication that is going to help you and is going to help you move forward in a way that is meaningful. That's beautiful. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. You are welcome. So I don't. And if you need to rewind a little bit and rehear everything that she just said to make sure that it sticks in your brain, <laughs> please this do is so good. This is for good. Just like everything else that is utilized, it can be a good thing. You just have to release yourself of the stigma that's associated with it. Because, yeah, it comes with a lot of stigma. And that's where boundaries come in. And that's Spiritual boundaries come in. You are in control as a person yes. that is utilizing this tool, just like with using your tarot cards or anything like that. That that's where you have to... Do you think that you have to have a level of confidence enough to... Absolutely. To be secure with yourself enough to know that in case anything happens, you can navigate and stop anything that is or close the session if it gets too far. Yeah, absolutely. You need to at least have one person that is very confident and competent in their ability to communicate and access. Because I feel like when there is at least one person that has that energetic, it is infectious. So, for instance, if you're around one person that is 
really negative and has a really hard time with trying to, you feel that. Right. And you kind of, in a way, absorb start to kind of absorb some of that energy. You start to feel like, this day kind of sucks. I'm kind of having a bad day. This kind of, And you weren't before. Right. It's the same thing with positivity. It's the same thing with confidence. It's the reason right. why world leaders that have that enigmatic personality that can speak to people and it's like they feed this they, they feed these people their energetic this this confidence and confidence and what they're speaking about. And it's like everybody gets fired up about it. And it only takes the one person to speak to thousands. And get everybody on board. Right. Right? So it's just, if you have one person that knows what they're doing and they feel confident and competent and they know how to... Everything else will follow suit. Everything else will follow suit. People will feel more relaxed. People will feel more safe because they know that there's somebody that's leading this that knows what they're doing. And so that's, that's a really important thing to understand as well. So, because I feel like Ouija boards can really be... a really beautiful tool to help you receive information that you really need and want to move forward in your spiritual journey. Now, to segue into Halloween and the season of all the spooks, is there anything that you like to do during Halloween time? You know what I want to do? I want to do a seance. Ooh! Yeah. I want to, and I, everybody that's it? listening, I know, right? Well, and you we'll know, probably that, like video record it, but that would be cool. Hell yeah. That would be really, so, and the same thing. And as soon as I said, as soon as I said that, I know that there are a lot of people that are listening to this and going, oh no, that is some Tom fuckery that I don't want to do. <laughs> but listen, it's the same thing with the Ouija board. It is meant for communication. It is meant to heighten your capacity to communicate with spirit. And it is not meant to bring forward darkness because that is not the intention. And it is never the intention. And if your intention is to contact that light, that is what's coming forward, especially if you have protected the area, you've blessed the space, you've invited all the things. Well, I feel like the dark doesn't want to come to the light. No. So if your intention is to bring light and to bring positivity and to bring um, a secure energy mm-hmm. that the darkness doesn't want to, they're going to be like, I'm out. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I take that back because I do feel like, because the polarities happen mm-hmm. with, you know, between negativity and positivity, okay. they're always yeah, going yeah, to yeah. be attracted to one another. Right. However, there are things of light that are always going to be more powerful than the dark, sure. you know, and with that, that is archangel energy. That is, you know, higher bodhisattva energy, you know, like Mother Mary, Buddha, you know, the, the, the beings of light that are only meant to, or Christ, they're only meant to heighten in our consciousness to unconditional love, to help us move our density upward instead of downward. Those are the energetics that you want around you and having archangel energy around you as well that want to keep you safe, that are of light. And they won't allow those things in. It's just not going to happen. It won't happen because you know that those things would never allow anything to harm you because they love you. (laughs) And you can't, there is no room for anything other than that in that space. And so when you do all the things beforehand, Inviting in all of the positive 
loving elements into that space and you have the intention to speak and communicate with those things that are of love and of light, that is what's going to come forward. Do you feel the same with casting spells and doing things like that? Yes, because spells are intention. Your spoken word is a spell. That's the reason like why I call it spelling. Yes. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Your words, your thoughts, your intentions, it's all spells. People just you're manifesting. Because you're manifesting. Your words are a direct correlation with spelling. People just don't realize it. When you speak it out loud, it is So you existence. don't have to get um, a little cast iron kettle. If you want to. Put some uh, herbs in there. Oh, hell yeah. You can do all the things. Yeah. I yeah. hear water is really good for spells. Water is amazing New for moon, spells. New moon, full moon. Yes. Rituals. All that. It's amazing. And, you know, if you, especially if you make like stuff like moon water, mm -hmm. that is really good for all those things. Yeah. And it's all about intention. It's all what you're putting into what you're making. So if you're putting in... You know, joy, peace, love, especially, especially if you're making something where you want to bolster a certain chakra area, you know, and you put in all the crystals and all the essential oils and all the herbs that are going to make it amplify, then when you put it on your body or take it into your body, you will feel the amplification because that extension is there. Because we only assume that conjuring means something negative due to society and due to movies and things like that, but you can conjure up. Yeah. Uh, and manifest anything that you want in this life. And I feel like the real big player is the dogma of religion. Yeah. And the patriarchal structure that comes with the dogma of religion, unfortunately. They've really put a very negative stigma with a lot of the things that are much older and much wiser. Right. You know? Because they can't control it, they don't understand it, and they don't respect it. No. I mean, look at Egyptian mythology. Look at Norse mythology. I mean, all of those things are said to be myth, but really it is the structure of those stories are similar to that of the story of Christ and similar to the story of our, you know, the Bible's creation. They're all, there are some very similar components, even in how we celebrate our holidays, are all pagan rituals with a twist of Christianity. So it's just... You have to take everything sort of with a grain of salt because, I mean, even Taoism, I mean, that is thousands of years older than Christianity. There are so many things that are way older and have such beautiful components with it. Even um, Muslims, I mean, they have really old faith too. It's way older than Christianity. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to be learned and said for those as well. And even paganism and Celtic paganism is extraordinarily old. And their practices and their way of life is something to be understood and admired right. and not feared. Well, I will tell you that growing up, I grew up Trump's Witness. So no. I never had a birthday, never had a Christmas, anything like that. And when Halloween would roll around, I never really understood why people would like the kids would go out trick-or-treating mm -hmm. and dress up in a costume. And because I wasn't allowed to do it because it was considered pagan. Oh, so I think that now as an adult, learning and unlearning mostly... And understanding that like the spirit world and spirituality and 
religion, I feel like, is very confining. And it puts you into a box. Like, I understand that people want to use religion as a way of life and to navigate this life. But there are other ways of doing so. Yep. And I was wondering, too, since Halloween is something that's not new to me, but it, I'm always still learning new cultures and experiences. Is there any rituals that you do around Halloween? So, you know, I've always, I've, on the other side, I've always celebrated Halloween, and I've always loved celebrating Halloween. You know, and I grew up in a Christian household. You know, I grew up in, you know, learning about all those things that taught by the Bible and all the things. But um, we always celebrated Halloween because my parents were like, it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun thing for my kids to do. They go and get candy. And I always had really fond memories of Halloween. And it, I, I grew up to have it be one of my absolute, literally my favorite, uh, you know, holiday to celebrate. Because maybe that speaks to the Pisces in me that I get to be something else for a day. And that's really entertaining because I love acting and all the things and being something else and behaving like somebody else for a little while just to experience that that you know just that difference you know right. what I mean I don't know it's weird but no, it's not <laughs> it's understandable yeah so it it was always something that I grew up with but you know it was there was always something about it where it was like this is just fun there you know we're not really celebrating anything evil blah, blah, blah. but then as I grew older and I learned what the the rituals were with Halloween I started appreciating it more and what it actually represents, and what the potential could be in celebrating Halloween or Samhain. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there is the potential to not only speak with loved ones, but also connect with your guides. And if you have a twin flame, you can connect with their spirit as well, even if they are in corporeal form, so in a physical body. Um, and you can connect in that way in a very, like, powerful way it's it, it there's more that's happening there so i want to take a very quick break and we'll be right back does that sound good to you sounds great okay we'll be right back Okay, and we're back. Hello. Whoa. I needed to refill our beer situation because we did not have enough. We were done. So we were parched. We, were, we needed more spirit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Julie, you asked me a really interesting question about the seasons. Yes, and you were talking about the Celtic. The Celtic Wheel of the Year. Wheel of the Year. Yes. And we are in... Maven. Maven. Yes. And I asked if, you know how we have like holidays, mm -hmm. usually every month or so, this is more seasonal. Right. So it's actually more like every month and a half to two months. Okay. So it's just, it, it follows the same day as all of our equinoxes. And you mentioned and that you've done episodes about this. Yes. So if you want more information, like myself, I will be going back. Yes, and listening to the Maven episode. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it talks about, you know, the the very late summer and the beginnings of the fall season or autumn season. 
and there are very specific things to do. Like I feel like there's bread baking involved with that, harvesting, and that sort of thing. Because in the late summer, you know, you're getting, you're basically getting rid of taking the last of your harvest. You know, you're making your bread. You're getting everything ready for the winter, and so you're gathering. Got it. And that's the biggest thing. You're baking all the bread to have for you know your suppers and that sort of thing from grain that you have harvested. Um, so Maven, and then we're going from Maven to Samhain. Samhain, mm-hmm. and it's spelled it's spelled on Bucky in traditional Irish fashion or Celtic fashion, I should say. S A M H A I N Samhain. Most people are like, none of those letters equal what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I know that that is in traditional Celtic fashion. None of the letters. And you have been following the Celtic circle. Yes. Of the Celtic wheel of the year. Wheel of the year. Yes. Because and you have an altar. I do. At and home. you decorate the altar based off of the season. Is it considered a season? Yes. Yeah. It could be a solstice. That's usually yeah, that's what right. they usually call it—a solstice. Got it. And that's that's fine. It doesn't, you know, whatever. It's just a it's just a change. And the thing that I really appreciated about it is that there is things that you do in each season so that you're changing with the earth. You're moving with the earth. You're not moving ahead or backward. There is there's it, it's almost like you're connected in a very specific way. And so as you move through the seasons changing, it's like you yourself are moving in a very meaningful way. And you're staying very present. Yes. You know? And being present is really important in life, I feel. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And I was saying you're very knowledgeable. Uh, you know, over over the past almost Has this two something years, you've always been interested in? No. I mean, yes and no. Yes and no. It is something that I've always been interested in, but I've suppressed. Oh. Yeah. Because I had my religion. <laughs> my religion. Was there a lot of shame? A lot of shame. Yeah. There was a lot of shame that, uh, that you know, that kind of, you know, you can't, you can't do those sorts of things because they're evil. Oh, so there was a negative connotation to it. Yes. I was, I was leaning into the stigma. Got it. And I no longer lean into stigma. That's great. And you're opening and you're creating a resource for people who may be in your shoes, who used to be in your shoes, who, like myself, is so curious about unlearning and relearning. Yes. So if anything with these episodes, especially the ones I'm on, yes. I would love to educate people in how to move forward mm-hmm. and peel back layers. Yes. Because I am somebody who's constantly peeling. Yes. So... I don't mind asking questions, but there are a lot of people that don't know how to ask questions because they don't want the stigma with it. They don't want the judgment. They don't want the shame. They've always been dismissed, you know, like we don't talk about that. But some people are, they're actively curious based on their intuitive nature and how they have connected with spirit within themselves. Yep. Yep. And some people can connect with Jesus and the Bible and religion and more power to you. Yes. If that's, I respect it. Yes. But I also want to have a voice for the people who are been put into boxes that want to shift that layer. Yes. And hence the birth of Third Eye with Lauren. Yes. <laughs> and I'm so happy you did that. Ooh, me too. Okay. So let's talk a little. So I asked Julie as we went on break. I was like, so what do you think about graveyards? And you said, <laughs> 
I don't, I am anti-graveyards. Okay. Tell us why. Because I'm such a respectful individual. (laughs) Not saying that you're not respectful. I just don't want to cross the line with entities that are greater than me. Yeah. I don't want to be disrespectful to somebody's family member. Yes. They created the sidewalks. Around the graveyards, like if you're walking on people's graveyards, I just, I don't mean to judge you, but I'm just like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And here's the thing. I completely agree. And I have, I have no other Like if you're going to somebody's graveyard that you know, and it's a family member and you want to do whatever, do whatever. Because working at a hospital, we've seen people of different uh, cultures come in and um, sing chants and do prayer and, you know, because they want whatever entities and spirits to help them through this journey for this person that they love. Right. I just don't want to ever be disrespectful. Oh yeah. And anything. So I'm always curious and I ask like, can I do this? And you know, I've been told you don't need to like ask, you don't need to like apologize if I do something wrong. And I'm like, well, I do because I don't know where the line is because I'm kind of fresh into this. I'm still learning. Yeah. I feel it. I just logically, you know, mm-hmm. I'm still like, I don't want to be disrespectful. Right. And I'm not saying that anything that you share about the graveyard is disrespectful. I'm just talking about me. Yeah. So if me and you were go to a graveyard, I would just stand off to the side and let you do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to stay over here. Yes. And I'll just have my palisanto and say ready because right. I don't want whatever you bring out to be on me. <laughs> I feel like it's very intimate. It is very intimate. And I don't think that I have intimacy issues, but I do think that being intimate with people that are not connected to me is none of my business. Mm. I think that's very well said. Really well said. Truly. Because I feel like a lot of people, their curiosity can get the best of their, get the best of themselves and they forget about the respect that needs to be maintained. Right. Because they're seeking out Spirit. Well, I feel like it's self-indulgent. Very self-indulgent. Like the people that, like, I don't care what you do. I'm just speaking, and not saying you, I'm just saying because I'm on a public forum. Yeah. That if you want to go out there and be a menace to society, not with graveyards, but just in general, that's on you. Yeah. But I'm not going to join you because I. that's not how I want to use my spirit and use my... Myself, it's not. It's not the way that I want to go about it. Yeah, that's not the um, the platform in which you want to stand on. You know, because it's like there is. They can because they, I think, feel like there are some people that I follow on Instagram that are spiritual that will go to New Orleans or uh, South Carolina or somewhere where there is a lot of um, more voodoo type spirits, and they will. Go towards that. I don't mind doing that if I have somebody that actually knows what they're doing. Because I don't want to navigate that on my own. Right. But there's a difference between going into a haunted house and going into a graveyard. Because that's where the bones of the person that died rest. Right. And they can return to that space if they wish. Right. And it's different when it is the energy of where they used to live is being experienced. As opposed to where they, where the bones of where, where they used to inhabitate is resting and there is a grand level of respect 
that's associated with that space. Well, especially like native lands. Oh, native. God, don't even get me started. Sometimes oh it's hard because like when you buy a new house, you don't know what land that's been on. And then it's like, do you want to do a deep dive to know? Or do you just want to just say, I bought a house on this land and hope for the best? Or like living in um, in the South where you can stay at a place that's on a plantation. Oh, Is that something that oh. you want to, because some people it goes against how they viscerally feel. I would not want to stay there. I don't know if I could do it. I just don't know if I could do it. I don't think I could handle it. I don't think I could either. It's just too much. You know, yes. the, that that period in our history is something that it makes me kind of sick. Yeah. Well, because you <laughs> so have a bad. visceral reaction to yeah. it. Yeah. Because, you know, I've never looked at anybody else as anything other than another human being. And so it grosses me out to think that that type of treatment was being imposed on another person. It, or even going like when I went to the 9-11 memorial. Oh, like I felt that. Oh my god. And people are like, oh well you have to go to a Holocaust memorial. And I'm like, oh. I don't think I can handle like I've done that. I've been to the one in DC and it was I bawled the whole way through. And this was like when I was 15, 16 years right. old. I bawled the whole time. Because my choir because it was a choir <laughs> trip. <laughs> so you know a little bit more about Lorelai is, you know, I do singing things. <laughs> Great, we're gonna have to do a singing choir. Oh god. Okay. Do you have red hair quickly, Ariel? <laughs> my my daughter, my youngest, she calls me Ariel. Or Merida, which I actually like a little bit more because I kinda like the spirit of Merida a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> But she's, she's like, Mama, you're Ariel. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. She was kind of my Elsa growing up. And I've okay. just aged myself. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Whatever. Let's go back to Holocaust Museum. Sure. You want to go back there? Not really. I just was kind of just touching it, just as an example. Let's just touch it and move on. Because okay, it was, it was it. hard. It's hard. It hurt a lot. <laughs> um, hurt do a lot. you have any... Halloween movies that you have to watch. Ooh, Hocus Pocus. Yes? Oh my god. I will tell you that I watched that for the first time, I think maybe like last year with my roommate. Oh time. my god, I love that movie. It's cute. And I just aged myself again. No, it's a very popular movie. Well, I feel like... It's a seasonal movie. It is a seasonal... I, I'll watch it in December. I don't care. I need GAF. Okay, another thing I wanted to touch about. Yeah. We we both work at, in healthcare. Yes. Um, so death happens. Yes. I am indirectly. My department is not patient contact. Right. Because you're pharmacy. I'm pharmacy. So I just deliver all the meds to, and I make all the meds to give to the nurses to use on their patients. Mm -hmm. And in my 13 years of being a inpatient pharmacy tech, mm -hmm. I have experienced where, like, the first time I was in the ER emergency room and I saw CPR in progress I remember asking another nurse like does it have to be that right and they're like well yeah it's good to restart the heart mm -hmm. and I physically saw like their spirit leave their body oh and I got because I've never experienced that before wow dude I was like I gotta go and there have been so many instances where I have unbeknownst to me, just waddled in, doing my job, and been like, what's... What's happening? Because I'm stuck. Okay. Because it's like, 
You can't. You can't look What's away. What's it called when they have to crack the chest and massage the heart? Oh, I don't know. It's right. cardiac massage, yes. basically. So we've had that happen before, and what? one of the nurses was like, "They weren't in an OR doing that." No, it was in the ER. And one of the nurses <laughs> said to me, "Get on a pair, get a pair of gloves on, and I want you to feel a human heart." What? And I said, "What?" She did not. Although he, he <laughs> I said, "What?" <laughs> no. He goes, "When are you ever going to feel a human heart?" And I physically remember being sick and being like, "I don't want to do that." You should have. And then he was like, "Well, you should. I want you to at least look at." It. I said, "I feel like it's really intimate." Yeah. To look into another person or to watch somebody actively dying or to see their spirit leaving their body, I feel like that's a moment like they don't know that they're having it, but I'm having it. So, and that's happened, I would say, a handful of times working in a hospital, especially working night shift where, you know, I don't know why when the moon comes out, everything likes to come out and play. Yeah, people swear to God that that's not a thing. It is totally, it is totally a thing. thing. It is totally a thing. So busy on the freaking full moon on labor and delivery. <laughs> oh on a full my moon. God. Because it's a gravitational pull. <sighs> that's what they say. Oh Let those gravid uteruses come in and yes. make babies. Yeah. So I want to ask you, have you ever came in contact with a situation, if you feel comfortable talking about it, where death has happened? Because if we're willing to go to a gravesite and use the gravesite as somebody who's already passed, have you ever been in a situation where you've actively seen somebody pass away and been in that moment with them? <laughs> yes, but it's different. Because I've only seen babies. And that's going to be tough for, especially if you have children or if you don't have children, it's, it's tough for people to hear that I've seen babies pass away. Right. I have listened to their heart slow to stop. And normally, you know, you're not supposed to call it as a nurse. But, you know, we call the doc and say, hey, there's no heartbeat. And that's when you call the time of death. That's when the doc will call. But there have been a handful of times, but you know, that I've taken care of, of babies that were born alive and then they gradually pass away because they're too young. Right. They're way too young. Um, and, and it's, it's hard because it really does leave an imprint for sure. And the ones that are born that are already, that have already passed and died. Yeah. That are, that are, that have, that have passed away in utero. Um, those ones are just a little bit easier because the spirit either was never there or it had already left. So you believe that the spirit enters into a person when they are born? Genuinely, I feel like the spirit is like into the child. I don't know at what point, but Here's here's something that's crazy that does happen with me, and this has happened three times already. I've been with a patient, and they've told me, "Oh, we're having a you know we're having a little girl, and I'm not really sure what we're going to call her." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, and, you know, I'll be I'll be just doing my thing and you know taking care of them." And all of a sudden, I heard, "I'm Charlotte," and I'm like. Well, that's interesting. Thinking it was just me making shit up in my head because that happens, right? Whatever. 
So then this woman has her baby and it's a little girl and she's, you know, struggling a little bit. She's okay, but I see that she, you know, she's a little dusky. So I take her over to the warmer, you know, I stimulate her and I warm her up and, you know, get her to start crying, give her a little supplemental oxygen. And she's, she's perking up a little bit. And dad obviously is standing right there. And, um, all of a sudden, like I hear it again and she says, Charlotte, I'm Charlotte. And I'm like, Oh, that, and then, you know, the fact that I hear it again, I'm like, okay, this is just weird. So then I look to the dad and I say, so they haven't told me a name. They said they haven't picked out a name yet. And so I asked the dad, you know, is there any names that you guys were thinking about that were like front runners or whatever? And he said, well, we're thinking of either Reese or Charlotte. And I was like, Charlotte's a really good name. (laughs) I think Charlotte's a great name. You should do that. (laughs) But of course they named her Reese. And I was like, God Uh, damn it. I should have said something, but I didn't know. Like, how do you approach that? How do you, how do you have, well, you have a boundary because you're, yeah, you're in a professional environment that they would have, they would have fired me for sure. They'd have been like, well, even if you said, Hey, what about the name Charlotte? They would have been like, we would have liked that name. Yeah. I know. So that's happened a couple times for you. Yeah. The second time, funny enough. With a name? With a name. I was talking to my patient about that experience. And all of a sudden, I hear, I'm Jacob. And I'm like, oh, shit. And so, <laughs> just like, I'm staring at them. And I was like, do you have any names that you're going to pick out for your son? And they're like, we're thinking of Jacob. And I'm like, shut up. Are you serious? <laughs> so, yeah. I And, you know, then I'm just like, I'm two for two now. And I am totally invalidating myself by not saying, hey, I think I just heard your kids say, well, it takes a little bit of confidence. Yeah. Validation and confidence. And yeah. And the third time that it happened, (laughs) I don't know why I can't get a hold of this. (laughs) I just like, damn it. The third time it happened was this woman who was having her first baby and she was doing everything natural and, you know, she was working really, really hard. Finally, she has the baby and we, you know, I put the baby on her chest and I'm drying her off and I hear I'm Rosie. <laughs> That's how they introduce themselves. Every single Rosie. I'm Rosie. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Good you look at the baby you're like, thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. And so, you know, I look at that. Like, I'm, I'm Lorelai. I'm <laughs> Lorelai. How are you? It's nice to meet you, sweetheart. Welcome to the world and happy birthday. Yes. But like, of course, I did the exact same thing, and instead of saying, "I heard her say I'm Rosie," you know, I'm too, I'm too nervous, you know, because this is a new thing, right? For sure. And it doesn't happen every single patient. It happens with very specific patients, and that's why I say that sometimes the spirit occupation in children are a lot stronger in some than others. For sure. And so those specific children, they reached out and were like, "Hey, yo." This is who I am. How are you? Like, yeah. This is my name. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is bonkers. And so I was like, is there any other name that you guys were thinking for her? I'm like, oh, we're going to name her after my mother. Uh, we named one to name her Rose and call her Rosie. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's awesome. So that's such a magical moment. It is. It's really cool. It's not super consistent, but I'm trying to hold it, it a little bit. Yeah. So that way, maybe when I hear that, I will have a little bit more confidence to be like, uh, your what kid is, just told me his name yeah. is Carter or... How do I feel about the name Carter? I have 
an, a, a nephew named Carter. Yeah. And he's amazing. What? He's an amazing kid who is super. He's, you know what? And you want something the best about Carter? Is that my daughter and him have the same birthday. Oh, fun. I know. I didn't. I, I feel really bad, but I, I didn't know, like, really realize that until I had Una. And I was like, oh. Oh my God! Like, and he was the first for you know my husband's brother, and Uno was the first for Hilda and I. That's pretty magical. That's pretty magical. Something magical about me. I was everything born. we know. Oh gosh! <laughs> I was born October 29th, so ten twenty nine at ten twenty nine at night. Oh my God! I just had a baby like that the other day. My last the, the last birth that I had. Really? 10-3 at 10-03. Wow. Yep. It's a special baby. Just like you. Thanks. Yeah. Because my mom's an L&D. Well, my mom's a retired L&D labor and delivery, like mother baby nurse. Yeah. So she was, when I was born at 10-29, mm. they, she like was cognitive at the time to say market because she thought it was cool. It is cool. Right. It's freaking sweet. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, to answer your question, there hasn't been too many experiences where I've like. Well, it sounds like your experiences are positive. There, yes, and that's that is the good thing. I've had a lot of really yes. amazing spiritual. It doesn't always need to be negative experiences. No, and that and that's thankful because the negative experiences are already so heavy yes. that having a little additional layer on top of it, and plus, I don't really know how you would broach that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, you know, you're. Baby has spoken to me after it's left, you know, or you know what I mean. Well, There's again, already that's where the intimacy and the respect comes into play. And right. You have to be. Will they have to be open for it? Are yeah. they open for it in that moment? Do you like write a letter and just like seal it away in case you know? Yeah. Any info, but yeah, it's it's tough, and it's a hard thing to broach when the family is already in in mourning and grieving. Right. So it's 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 a. Ugh. But you have really good boundaries, and I appreciate your spiritual boundaries. Some people do not have spiritual boundaries. Yeah. And it's a little chaotic with those ones. Well, it's very chaotic. <laughs> yeah. It's so out. Yeah. Keep your shit on your side. Sorry, yeah. I'm projecting. It's the alcohol in me, and I get a little face. It's spirit. It's the spirit. She's spirit-y. Any other spooky things before we wrap it up? Um, Kids so, are very prone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so... Here's the thing. Like, I want my kids to be raised with a lot of spiritual responsibility. Okay. So I I wasn't only because I don't think my parents really understood a lot of the, you know, spiritual tools such as tarot cards, such as Ouija boards. And so when I was a kid, I would play with Ouija boards. And... I remember a really inherently negative circumstance because we didn't know about, oh, call on Archangel Michael and, you know, make sure you sage and Palo Santo yourself <laughs> and the fucking Ouija board. No, no, no. Were you by yourself or with friends? I was with friends. And we did this shit in the dark like a bunch of morons. I mean, obviously we had like a little candle and stuff like that. But it was just kind of like, you know, and I felt like. Did anybody move it? I have no idea. Did it, I, at the it? Did it, it move? did move. It did move. It was very likely that somebody else was moving it. But then there was a whole bunch of stuff that was happening, and it was very scary. Like, we'd see things move. Things would fall. That, you know, nobody else was in the room with us. 
And I was really terrified. And I remember getting physically ill. And I had to leave my friend's house because it was so bad what happened. And I remember like running out and I was like, I have to leave. And I had a fever and I felt sick and it was, it was just really bad. And so it's, you know, I was really young at that time, but I learned very quickly that this isn't something that you just play with. No, this isn't something that you pull out like monopoly and all things are good. Like, you have to have very clear boundaries in place. And I understood that this isn't something that you just play with. So there was no more Ouija boards for a very long time. (laughs) So when was the next time that you used Ouija boards? I still haven't, and I want to again. So maybe the Maybe it could be for your um, seance that you're going to do. Yes. And I want to have my godfather involved. I think he would be an amazing and efficient for that. Well, if you need a strong, silent person in the background, I'm going to call you. Yeah. Hell to the I would yeah. love to be present for that. <laughs> and if any I'm, of you want to, just let us know. Yeah. I bet it's really exhausting. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of energy. Um, it's a lot of intention and it's a lot of, of work to initiate and continue forward, especially if you want some really powerful communication. You just have to have very clear boundaries, like you were saying. It's very important. Hashtag boundaries. Hashtag boundaries. Yes. Well, that was fun. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good Halloween episode. I think so. Woo! Oh, my God. (laughs) You're the best person. I do the best witch's cackle. I do. Oh, my God. She's going to do it. I'm going to do it, but I'm smiling. I don't know, like. Um, I mean, a little kid. That's not very good. I'm really because when I would do Halloween, uh-huh. I love to pass out candy because I love seeing the little kids. Yes, so so fun. Like my friends would go. I'd be at their house and they would go trick or treating, and yeah. I'd be like, "Come here if you want some candy." And they would be like, "Julie, we can hear you like three blocks down." So you are like, very good with projection. Oh, for, yeah, obviously. So you're saying we need to be in theater. Is basically what you're saying. Yes. So I know what we're going to be doing next. It's all that thing. What? Theater. <laughs> She's looking at me I like I grew a third. Head. You did. I'm like, what does that mean? I think I'm past that. In my life. <laughs> you are? I just like to project in weird situations. <laughs> you mean if we got if we tried out in a play and we both got in, you wouldn't be super excited about that? No, I would be excited about it. Right? But I would really critique you because I'm very like I'd be like Lorelai. You had seven weeks to learn your lines. Oh, my God. You're like, I'm married and have kids. And I was like, and? And get your shit together, woman. Learn your That's like a a dream that I've had. To be in theater? Be in theater, and I go out on stage, and I I, forgot my life. I, in elementary school, played a leopard. A leopard. A lady that all you saw was, like, my eyes. And I, like, walked like a hunchback. It was, like, my best betrayal. Leper? Like a leper. Like I had leopard I thought you said leopard. I know. So then I rephrased it to leper. So all you saw was my eyes. I was the most beautiful in that. Because you couldn't see me. (laughs) Oh, my. I was a little engine that could. Oh. (laughs) In third grade. And then um, I was a cat for the Wizard of Oz. Oh. Wait. No, I was a flying monkey because I didn't have cats. No, I was a cat because I didn't have flying monkeys. So I was a cat. And I had one line that said, yeah. It was like the best thing. I was Amy in Little Women. Ooh. Yep. And I was Leroy 
from fame. Okay. Yeah, that was weird because I am a very short white woman playing red with red hair who can maybe dance a little bit. <laughs> I don't really, I mean, I have some rhythm. Right. I can sway. Right. I can do the white girl pointy thing. Ooh. And the snapping. Right. So if you've ever seen Fame, which it's fine if you haven't because it's a pretty old movie, but, you know, whatever. Leroy is, is a man, and he is black, and he can dance. This was going against everything that I basically was. I was like, why the fuck was I cast as this? Why? What is happening? I don't, uh, yeah. So that. So how did that go? It went great. Good. I put all, at that time, I had very blonde hair. It's very, very long. So it's about dyed as long as it blonde? is. Yeah, dyed blonde. Very, very blonde. I know it's weird. It's very weird for me right now. So when your roots came in, they'd be like strawberry blonde? Yeah, it would look like a snow. It would be, it would be like brown. Yeah. Because bleaching my hair, it looked terrible. It's awful. It's awful. But whatever, I was in high school. Yeah, I'd love to see photos. In high school, I always did white feeders and puka shells. Polka shells. Oh my god. I remember I remember that face. <laughs> oh I would always have a white feeder, like a zip up hoodie and puka shells. Yeah. That was the thing. That was the thing. Yeah. I remember in elementary school they had uh, Tamagotchi Day. Oh yes. The little games yes. and everything. Yeah. And I never I asked for a lot and I got nothing as a child, you know, because I'm the youngest of six, my parents retired. And I remember <laughs> protesting. All the kids are going to have Tamagotchis tomorrow at school, and I'm not going to have anything. <laughs> and I made my dad feel so bad. He went out, and we got, like, this generic dinosaur one on a keychain. And I was the happiest. You are like, yes. And I was like, look at it. I was the only one that had a dinosaur, and everybody wanted to hang out with my dinosaur. Hell yeah. Oh, stupid Tamagotchi. Because, honestly, I feel like you made that as cool as you could possibly. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> the memories we have. The memories we have. Okay, you guys, so that pretty much covers the Halloween episode. Thank you so much for tuning in for another week. We love you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. And go back for um, previous episodes to tap into anything that we discuss. There's more information on Laura's website and Instagram. Yes, I've got a lot of things. A lot of things. She's building an empire, people. An empire. Get with it. Yeah. I'm going to be like Cleopatra someday. Just yeah. you watch. Sexy. Oh, hell yeah, it is. Yeah. If there's anything I want to be powerful and sexy. What about like, Medusa? <laughs> hell yeah. She just gets a little bit of a negative rap, but I love Medusa. I think she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think we found our Halloween costumes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think that's great. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I love you all so much. And until we talk again, love and light to you all. You really, this like, do I get on the payroll yet? <laughs> You're going to have to talk to my manager. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> he might, he might sneak you a hundo. Yay. Slide <laughs> into work. my Venmo. <laughs> it's usually my go-to line. The, the go-to go line. <laughs> We're not Oh, don't fall. Oh, sorry. Oh, dear God. Sorry. Trip on my cord, I think. <laughs>
If you would like an intuitive tarot reading or a past life tarot reading, be sure to contact me at my website at www.thirdeyewithlorelei.com and third is spelled with a three R-D, not T-H-I-R-D. Or you can contact me on my Instagram account or on my Facebook account. You can DM me and we can set up some time to get your reading in as soon as possible. In-person reading is accepted at this time. Also, readings over Zoom are accepted. So make sure to contact me and let me know what you need, you guys. Love and light to you all.